<laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Mental Wellness Mondays. Uh, uh, as you get a little scratchy throated, um, it, it might be because I, I lost my voice this weekend, engaging in some extracurricular activities, which we'll discuss later on in the show. Because that's what our, our guest is, is, is really good at, is, is figuring out how best you guys can position yourselves in the workplace. You know, understanding the psychologies of workplace, interdependence, dealing with your coworkers. You know that annoying person that keeps stealing your coffee, aka Dan? How do you cope with him and not get fired? Tune in as we discover more after the break. And of course, today, our lovely guest is Karina Van Gopal. She's a registered occupational and industrial psychologist. She holds a bachelor's degree in applied psychology and an honors degree in industrial and organization psychology and a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology. So many degrees. She's an accredited, is that Giotto or Giotto? Giotto? Giotto. Ah, it's Italian. It's Italian, yes. <laughs> Giotto, integrity assessment facilitator. Her areas of research, interest, a psychological capital, organizational commitment, job performance, stress management, and integrity. Hey. I think this is a, a very important conversation to have because mm. probably most of us, any conversations about mental health often revolve around our workplaces. And we often spend a lot of time at work. So we are very happy to have you here. And hopefully by the end of this episode, we will all be better human beings. Mm. I hope so. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Dan. Um, you are really to be on the show. Um, so I think first and foremost, um, when you are hired by a company or, or, or let's just say a client, for example, what problem do they come to you to solve? Well, that depends. As long as it's work-related, I think we've got to understand that, that we all spend possibly 70% of our lives at work in some place, in some mm -hmm. form. You know, whether it's in a structured office, at school, as a student, um, as a parent, as a stay-at-home mom even. That is one of the hardest jobs that I feel mm -hmm. that goes discredited too often. We are at work. Um, so often come to me when there's issues regarding misalignment between their values and their goals and what their work environment is um, or their current role, or if they want to improve on themselves, if it's the organization or the employer coming in, develop their team. They want to either weed out the problems, they want to develop the talent, um, or they just really want to yeah, better strategize and align their team towards the organizational goals. So uh, there, there's, a there's a TV show that uh, I think both Phil and myself have watched called Ted Lasso. And in Ted Lasso, the football team is doing well because it seems like there's some, there's a lot of issues that people are facing. So the manager decides to bring in a psychologist to come in and speak to each of the players and the coach one-on-one -on -one to try and help them with their individual issues to hopefully be able to let them play as a team going forward. Would that be an accurate depiction of the kind of work that you do? Yes. But remember, in regard to a sports team, you probably have a sports psychologist. Not saying can't add value, but there's different specializations within mm -hmm. the fraternity of psychology. But basically, mm -hmm. let's work together. Let's work towards one common goal. Let's support production but maintain and encourage human well-being. 
but you're still a person when you come to work, you're still a person when you leave. So, yeah, you know, how can we improve your experience of work and allow the company to be product profitable as well? Mm, mm, mm. There's a lot of things we can discuss here. Um, let me start. <laughs> let me start maybe by thinking j- just from your own viewpoint. Uh, what are the right. what are the situations that you often have to deal with, and um, what are the situations that you are most called for to assist in organizations? Recruitment is a big thing. I think you know we often. Uh, um, we made a joke about uh, promotion while we were setting up, but it's not that simple. People have this, um, I don't know if it's in a romanticized idea of work and careers. You go to school, you get the right number of points, so you get that and you're going to start in this fancy office and automatically you're going to be a success. And life doesn't work that way. So the recruitment process in itself is critically important. When I'm talking about that thing, has the organization got a clear structure? Do they have a clear description? Do they know the um, profile they're looking for? Yeah. There's learn skill and there's also your interpersonal skill. And I don't know if you've had this, you know, this uh, experience of you, Dan, Dan or Phil, you know, where you go into someone's office and they've got the title and they've got qualifications, but they're just totally incompetent at the job. Well, so I you mean so every office in Zimbabwe? Yes, yes, I have. We are, we are, we are intimately familiar. But you know what I mean? Like we had an admin intern that came in, and you know it was a big this and it was really fine in regard to titles. But this lady couldn't file to save her life. Now, I know very many people that haven't had possibly the opportunity or the privilege of tertiary education, who are fantastic in an administrative role. So recruitment is a big thing, recruitment and selection, selecting the right candidate profile completely to match the one, the company's structure, outline. Also, the culture of the company. You know? um, if it's a corporate, they want a corporate feel. If it's an estimate, they want a different feel. Also, career guidance and counseling is, is something that I've done quite a lot, both uh, with you know younger adults as well as those in that transition a, a stage of life, you know, uh, where they wanted to slow down or you've kind of got to the stage where maybe you can't keep up with the new system and you want to slow down. Where do you go from there? So it's people identify their, their strengths, their talents, and giving them guided options and how they can, you know, redesign their career going forward. Mm. I hope I answered you, Dan. You did. did. No, it's just I didn't want to get into too much specifics without fully understanding like the overall kind of things that you deal with. So I do want to get into some some mindsets now. Um, I think especially in Zimbabwe, something that we've explored a lot on this podcast regarding mental health and mental wellness as a whole is that there is a general reluctance to Mm -hmm. accept help or even to talk about mental wellness or mental illness even or mental health issues or therapy or just counseling at a very basic level Mm. it's viewed as something that's only for extreme cases and sort of in line with that i think i've had conversations with many people who believe that work is i go there 
to do a job and earn my money. I have no interest in anything extra and over and above that. I don't want to have to deal with people. I don't want to have to interact with people when I don't have to. We get our jobs, we get our assignments. I do my job, I go home. That's what I want. Um, do you find that a lot of people have a resistance to perhaps your input in these organizations? And how do you overcome that mindset of, mm, I don't like people here anyway. Why should I be trying to be in some kind of psychology session to build a culture of an organization? I just want to earn my paycheck. No, all the time. All the time. And I think, you know, I love the way you put it across. I think it's ignorance to honest. To a large extent, ignorance. And when I'm sad, I'm not saying we're ignorant people, but society as a nation, we we aren't really, we haven't really um, educated our communities, young and old, about what is mental health. You know, as, the, as a patriarchal society, um, for example, as a man, you're never supposed to show a sign of weakness. Um, and mental health and a challenge is not a sign of weakness. It's just your 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 uh, inner person or being so just needing some help sometimes just needing a rest as i was saying realignment um, so what i get a lot of the time it's not so much from the client that would be requesting the the intervention obviously from the team that you're trying to assist that um yeah you're either a mind reader You've come there because they have a set problem. It's a waste of time because it's not a tangible skill. They can't see the value add in it. And we've got to re we've got to rewrite it. That's what I um, there are some progressive uh, organizations, but you know, they're not all don't all have the same setbacks. There are some that are very but generally um, it's a challenge. Hmm. how to overcome it how do we overcome it what do you do i think what we're doing now is a wonderful thing i think you know the fact that you've got mental health the mental health monday is great it's making it acceptable let's talk about mental health let's talk about psychological issues we all have them if we've been honest we're not all we have good days and bad days that in itself is psychological is it not and the psyche influences every aspect of life um, so you're talking about, you know, persons that come in and like, I'm, I'm clocking in, I'm doing my job and I'm, you know, clocking out. It's not that simple because you prepare mentally to enter the workspace. You're mentally engaged in the workspace and you prepare mentally to disengage the workspace. So that's all, you know, you're carrying, you're, you're carrying work with you because if you need that paycheck, you need to go to work of some kind. But again, it's also on the the the, the organization side, the employer side. What culture are we in for our people? You know, I know we try very hard to have an open door policy where we 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 train our supervisors and management that you need to be open to team members. You know, they need to be if they are harassed or they've got an issue at home. Not let's within context um, with boundaries. They need to be able to come approach them and say. This is happening. I need help, and then we can facilitate that assistance because your human capital is extremely. It's one of this the only asset that can be developed, and I I quote that often, but it's so true. You know, it can, it can it its development cell capacity 
is never ending, so to speak. You can relearn and you can unlearn skill. I mean, we're constantly having to reprogram ourselves with the IT um, developments. I know every time I get into a meeting, there's always something new that's going on. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I better Google this and learn. Or, but that's what it is. I mean, in human capital. So there's no, there's no industry, there's no work, there's no economy without its people. And we mm. need to normalize talking about mental health issues, not only on international days. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. I know we've got the women's... Um, is it Women's Mental Health Day and Men's Mental Health Day? And I think men support a lot more than women at this stage. But, um, yeah, I think in general it should be an everyday thing. We need to – our children need to be able to reach out and say, you know, I'm feeling this way. Let's talk about it because that's what psychology, psychological counselling really is about. It's talking therapy. Let's talk about it. It's not resort to – um, prescriptions and substance abuse and such like that. Let's deal with it. Mm, mm. Okay, so I, I think um, I think the the most um, applicable scenario or way we can help our audience is by figuring out ways that um, people can take the knowledge that you impart on organization level and use it themselves in their day to day lives. As Dan mentioned, particularly amongst employees, I think I think the most common scenario example that some people might find is there's just a coworker who's difficult to get along with. Um, mm -hmm. As Dan, using the example Dan mentioned, they just want to come in, clock in and clock out. They're not taking part in team building activities. They're not taking part in just socialization. And that's now affecting how people relate to them for tasks. And they're finding it difficult to get mm -hmm. tasks completed. Um, the person might be very well good at their job. They're just not easy to work with. So in that example, how can I find ways to work with my coworker so that not only can we get the job done, but I am not dreading the thought of going to work every morning because I don't want to deal with this difficult personality. Okay. So as I've said, work is fundamental, right? To, to, to life. And it's fantastic if we all as a team could but that's almost impossible in this scenario and other scenarios that come across. So firstly, we need to know why are you going to work? We don't go to work primarily to make friends, okay? That's simply put. We're going there to serve, right? If we can make friends, that's fantastic. Amen. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, I mean, that's fantastic if we do, but I think it what's down is you've got to, you've got to um, introspect in yourself, identify your stress management um, strategies that you use. I mean, some people it's exercise, other people like to um, journal, some people like to vent. But anyway, you've got to have a stress um, strategy that you can employ at any time. If this colleague is challenging, you need to understand that they're not open for conversation. Maybe suggest changes to the work system with them. Say, you know, to limit the amount of one-on-one um, -on -one interaction you have with them. Could we use email? Can I use Skype? Could we use memos? What's the best way that we can communicate so we get the work done effectively? Mm. Um, that's one method that works. Again, 
engaging your supervisor is important. I mean, nobody wants nobody nobody wants a tattletale per se, but you need to be able, you should have a comfortable relationship with your manager or supervisor to approach them and say, you know, I'm I'm having challenges in this way. Could you just see, you know, could you influence something? Could you just have a chat with them and take it from there? Or you could again, you know, try and break the ice, maybe. Write them out on a social, maybe. Bring them into a different space that would encourage um, you to both leave work per se away and hopefully allow them to lower their guard and encourage a bit of communication. So those are a couple of strategies that they could employ. Mm-hmm. Okay. It always comes back to you. You've got to know what you can manage because don't, you know, don't engage them in conversation and you're not prepared for to be down. Fair enough. And let's say from a management's perspective, let's say now I've involved my supervisor. Hey, Dan is difficult to work with. He's very rude. He's curt. He's got some personal hygiene issues. He's late. Um, What do I, what does management then do to address that issue? And how do we fire Dan? as quickly as possible? <laughs> well, well, management's um, goal isn't to, shouldn't be to fire Dan. Ah. If they, their goal should be, their goal should be to mediate the situation. They should be able to mediate. It's to hear and understand, listen attentively. So they must listen to understand where you're coming from. And then they should be, if they are good leaders or good management, they should then be able to approach Dan knowing his character in a way that will allow them to remediate the situation. And then if obviously Dan, Dan cannot conform to the, the company culture. So it can't be just your situation in isolation. It has to be about the company as a whole. How mm. do we resolve it so that there is um, cohesion in the team? But that also comes down to the capability of management. And that's why, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier about people having this, this romanticized idea of careers and career paths, being in a position of leadership of any, any sort requires, it's, it's about service. If you can't serve, you don't, if you don't have your team's best interest at heart, you, you won't manage them effectively or you struggle mm-hmm. to. Mm. Mm, okay. Okay. I think the the manager employee relationship is a another key um, employment opportunity for yourself, if you will. Um, I think it's yeah. I think it's a source of a lot of strife in the workplace. A lot of um, um, you know cracks within the company or corporate culture and general people's overall well being. What advice do you give to both managers and employees so that their interactions um, sort of build as opposed to tear down? Effective communication. Most Sorry. importantly. Effective communication. Communication. Mm-hmm. And I think that's paramount for any 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 relationship with a manager, employee, parent, child. If you can't communicate your concern. Um, concisely and you're not sure it's been heard and if that person can't receive that information um, responsibly mm-hmm. on it um, there won't be any remediation that could take place 
So how can someone communicate more effectively? Or how would you advise them to do so? So attentive listening. If when you speak full, I should be, I, I mustn't be quick to what's the word? To respond. I should let you finish your point. I must hear you. I should be invested. And if I just you present back to you and say, you know, full, I don't agree with you. This is where I'm coming from in a calm, controlled manner. It's not about getting flared up. Uh, once you've, you're going to have extreme emotion on either side, you've stopped communicating. Now everybody's got their defenses up. Mm. And we're arguing. We're not, it's not communication. Mm. It's listening to respond, not listening to understand. Absolutely. I like the way you, I thought you would say it in an Italian accent. <laughs> no, please, no. <laughs> It's Please. a listening to respond, no, no. not a yeah. listening to understand. We're not, yeah, we're, yeah, not yeah. To, we're not trying to cause any more international incidents around Mario, the world. Mario, you don't listen to respond. Okay. <laughs> so, said, yeah. Well said, full well said. Um, and I think that that's very effective. In fact, Doug, you just reminded me of something. A couple of years ago, I did a disc assessment. Are you familiar with this? Or is this, is the, or is this a, a bit of quackery that I was, I, I was conned into? No, no, no. Oh, go it's ahead. It's assessment. It's a personality assessment. Yeah. Yes, I did one. And it was very useful. Yeah. And I was, I was just going through some of the response, some of the examples here. This is great. It says, ways to communicate with Phil. Be specific and leave nothing to chance. Accept acceptance without a lot of questions. Support the results, not the person, if you agree. Stick to business. Let him decide if he wants to talk mm. socially. Come prepared with all requirements, objectives, and support material in a well-organized package. Be isolated from drivers. That's actually wonderful. Ways not to communicate with Phil. This is the best. Forget or lose things. Be disorganized or messy. Confuse or distract his mind from business. <laughs> when you when you receive that feedback, was it not? Was it was it you know, 80, 90% accurate? Of, it, of it was. I was just like, wait. I was like, wait. People don't. Why don't people do this? I don't okay, understand. Like, okay, why guys, would you not guys, come to me with a work discussion and not on, be prepared? Guys, this, this feels very much like like a, a star sign. This could describe a who who sits here and says, you know what? I would like people to come to me messy and disorganized without the correct information. No, Dan, it's actually a very, it's like two hours. Some, it's, it's two hours. Yeah. To tell you some, some things that you don't like. I mean, guys, come on. If these people like chaos, why are they in the workplace? Let's get them out of here. I think if we can And I think one thing we've established is in Zimbabwe, all the bad apples have been removed completely. Yeah, that's true. That's true. From right at the top all the way to the corporate culture. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I brought that up to say, um, is this something that you'd also work with an organization to do is like do disc assessments for all the employees so the team members yes, know how to do Yes, we would do psychometric assessments. Absolutely. So we could do them so in the workplace, right? Or we could do it for you just for self-awareness on the career side, helping to mm. guide you through those transitions or in the right career choice. Um, and what they're really about are, you know, gaining self-awareness if it's on a personal level. If it's ah. for the company, as I'm sure your employer wanted to know is, how could you manage information and take instruction? Mm, perfect. So I think this provides the perfect segue um, and something that'd be very useful to our audience. So we have two main groups of audience, I'd feel. I'd feel like there are people in Africa um, or even in the diaspora who are out of the country in a new work environment, in a place where that is culturally different to what they're used mm -hmm. to. 
and sometimes maybe even dealing with a bit of microaggressions, whether it be racism or xenophobia, and they're struggling to cope with that. So that, that, that would be the, I say one of one type of listener. And the second type is someone who's in Zimbabwe, who's mm-hmm. pushing against the grain, so to speak, because there is a very toxic and I don't, I don't want to use broad brushes, but um, anecdotally, what I have noticed is there they, they seems to be a general ennui um, across many Zimbabwean um, corporate environments where people just aren't invested in their jobs as they used to be. Yeah. As Dan mentioned, like, I'm clocking in, I'm clocking out, and I might not even do what's required of me during those hours. And someone might become disheartened by that, and if they're not careful, they might get absorbed into that bad workplace culture. So on the first example... If I am out of Zimbabwe and I'm struggling to adapt to this new work environment or I'm dealing with a lot of headwinds, a lot of microaggressions, and I can't really raise them because I'm fearful of losing my job because um, I don't have much leverage in that situation. What can I do to address that for my own mental well-being? And in the second example, how can I maintain my morale and spirits so that I also protect my mental wellness and well-being in a bad work environment? um, especially where the prevailing winds are blowing against being a, a good worker or being productive or challenging the authority figures. Can I, can I add a third one, Phil? It's for somebody who lived in the diaspora and has moved back to Zimbabwe and dealing with that. That's a, no, a whole other mm-hmm. um, issue that uh, you know, a lot of listeners may, may experience. When you know when you've become accustomed to to working in an environment where things you know think the expectations are really high, and then you come back to Zimbabwe and things are very different and slack, and you kind of have to work through that. So, in the first example, so I think you know. A listener within that situation needs to be cautious. I mean, what level of really abuse are they being exposed to? Um, you know, for example, he's been sexually harassed. That shouldn't be tolerated. You know, racial here and there, maybe. But, you know, if they feel like their, um, their safety in question, they should should by all means try and exit that work environment. I'm not trying to say anyone should lose livelihood. Don't get me wrong. So they've got to manage that exit. But if you feel unsafe in any way, um, don't don't leave your don't don't leave yourself in a thick environment um, longer than you need to. Mm. They often, um, especially in the diaspora, there are often a lot of um, um, helplines, toll free helplines. A few of them, of them with Dr. Nyarai, if you remind me, that people that you can contact in such situations, whether it's at work or at home, if you need help and you're not sure of who to turn to, reach out. There are professionals that would love to assist you and ensure you. So I think you've got to make, again, a self-assessment on the degree of abuse once you're experiencing, but... I would encourage you to move on or look for other options um, and seek help. First and foremost, seek help. Also, you please try and have a or create a 
what do you a social uh, support system. Everybody needs some support, whether they're physically there or virtually. You need to. There needs to be a safety net of some sort. Again, reach out, ask for help. Um, in the second scenario, you know, I know our our environment is very challenging for a lack of words. You know, a lot of people are feeling disengaged, unmotivated. A lot of them, their values are not aligning with the macroeconomic environment as well as the company mm. cultures. That's a that's an excellent way to describe it. My values don't align with the macroeconomic elements in Zimbabwe. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's making going. sure that I put those degrees to good use at some point. That's um, that's that's going on my Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Look, there's this focus on what you can change. Focus on what you can what you can influence. You cannot influence, as I was saying, the macroeconomic environment. You can't influence financial policy, so to speak, what can you control? You can control your attitude towards the environment. You can control um, how you are. You can control what you choose to do after work. So work generally is what we probably a nine hour, eight to nine hour shift on average. If you're not feeling completely satisfied there, what do you have that can be developed? Sometimes work develops by chance. Um, I think a lot of creatives, um, uh, Dr. Nyara, if I'm, if I'm correct, I mean, a lot of them, they start something as a hobby yeah. and, you know, a wonderful opportunity comes along and you put in the hard work because you put time, everything realigns. So all, every experience is wasted. So that's what I want to encourage people in Zimbabwe, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, but I've got, I learned this and I went to school for so long and I'm, I'm doing X. It doesn't matter. Give it your best in the context that you are, but continue to develop yourself out of, out of your immediate environment. Mm. Um, again, have a social support system. You've got to stay encouraged. You've got to seek ways to find fulfillment away from your immediate work environment. That is the case. And a lot of the time... <coughs> It's just a psychological thing. If you, if you if you do if you give your best in a situation, as much as you may not necessarily feel rewarded at the end, you've got that internal satisfaction, that personal satisfaction that you can carry with you. I think Dr. Nurai's last uh, scenar- third scenario was someone returned to Zimbabwe. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a difficult one. You know? There's a lot of you've got a somewhat. Um, Oh, in your eyes. And learn the expectations <laughs> or readjust your expectations. And you know what it is? It's a cultural shift. That's what it is. And any culture, you've got to assimilate yourself into it in order to understand it and appreciate it. I know I've, I've traveled um, out of Zimbabwe sometimes. And you know what? I really struggle with people that leave the lights on. I always think, you know, my God, we're wasting. Wasting Zessa. Wasting Zessa. It's just something, but I've got to re- un- unlearn that behavior. So it's just making a conscious effort to unlearn, I would say, um, preconceived notions or expectations you have of the environment and saying, right, okay, this is what's there on the ground. This is what is realistic and is accept- as accessible to me. Where do I find the joy in that? Where do I find the satisfaction in the world from there? 
in to a certain extent. Look, I'm not stealing away from the value of the seriousness of the topics, but digestible for the average person. You know, a lot of when we come across mental health issues, it's someone in a gray or, or um, you know, navy suit, and they seem to have this real aura of authority. And we're talking about you know mental health issues as if there's these big words and things that are unrelatable. Um, so I break it down into relatable uh, concepts with practical advice. Um, and from there, they can also be led to my website, which provides art, you know, articles on, on areas that they can develop, uh, such as um, when you talk about psychological capital, we're talking about self-efficacy, the way you view yourself, your confidence about yourself, resilience, your sense of optimism, um, your of hope, which you carry in, you know, to, to, to work space, whether it's toxic or not. And that will influence your experience of work as well. Mm. Mm. Sorry, can you please repeat that, that site one more time? Psych Nuggets with a Z. Nuggets with a Z. So, P- so we have to keep it relevant F- to Zimbabwe. P-S-Y-C-H. P-S-Y-C-H-N-G-G. Easy. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, we'll check him out. Uh, okay. So it's about okay. Sorry, carry um, on. So, so what I'm actually, the, the article that I'm currently working on, which I hope to share in the next week or so, is on understanding emotional states and how do we improve on them. You know, can I tell you what, what, what influenced it? Mm-hmm. If I may. Please. We all talk about the vibe. She's got a vibe. He's got a vibe. And look, I know it's informal, but what is a vibe? That's an emotional state. What are you carrying with you? That's your vibe. So, I mean, again, it's relatable. How do we improve on that emotional state? Which you got to, we have to first understand what it is, what influ- influences it. And then I'll break it down into some relatable, simple steps, some mm. guidelines. But the homework is with the individual. The information can be there. They've got to put in the effort. Mm, okay. Well, that's, 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 that's pretty helpful. Um, I think this was, this was pretty good, Dan. I don't know. Do you have anything else you'd like to ask our guest? No, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you very much for sitting with us. Um, I think at this point, um, I guess, you know, if people really want to reach out to you and, you know, get you to assist, that's, uh, that's kind of what maybe we would try and ask them to, to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Please do. Um, they'll find my contact details on the sites, um, on the nugget pages, or you can find me at my website, um, But, oh, yeah. Um, our the Allied Health Professional Council actually has a wonderful register that's searchable. They can search by name or by uh, professional uh, professional county or even city. Mm-hmm. So, nice. Yeah, people must again ask help. Um, there are professionals that are are willing and available, and this is what we do. 
superior people. Mm. Live nice. their best life. Mm. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you very much for sitting with us and, and tolerating our nonsense. Mm, and our lack of voices. I know, both of you. <laughs> it's bad, Dr. Nira. It's bad. Horse voice is the new sexy, right? Corinne and I have to also come on there and I think I kind of stole that. He kind of like is the epitome of <laughs> the husky voice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But no, guys, thank you. Thank you kindly for having me. I uh, feel privileged to be here. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Dan, Dr. Narai. Thank, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for joining thank us. You so thank, thank you. you thank you for much. tolerating my very late co-host. <laughs> we still you love him. happens. It was work. Dan, tell him it was work. It was work. It was work. You know, sometimes Phil doesn't understand these things, but you know, it's okay. Oh, we, we've we learned need to have to... a session, I think. We'll have to have another session. <laughs> another session. <laughs> it's fine. I'm available. I'm available. No, thank you kindly, guys. Um, I hope it's been beneficial and it's made sense. Um, but you reach out. Um, yeah. All right. No, thank thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Be the best you you can be. Ultimately. That's all, that's all you can be, really, guys. You've got to be the best absolutely, version of you. Absolutely. You know. Thanks. Thank and you so much. Don't forget to follow Wired to Love and Thrive and Sage R for Sage Restorative Health on the social medias, where you find Doctor Ryan all her resources. And yeah, thank you guys so much. We'll catch you guys on another episode next week. <laughs> Thanks so much, Doc. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You pro- you guys need honey and hot water with lemon or something. We, we have to do. We have to do this podcast in sign language. That's what we have to do. I know. <laughs> you guys have a good night. You too. Bye bye. Okay. Bye.